Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Fantastic. Good morning to you. Yeah, what an introduction. Wow. I, I'm normally sort of sat uh, in the middle or the back somewhere chatting through these sermons or throwing little bits of paper around annoying people. So we'll have, uh, we'll have none of that today. I'm just going to turn on my iPhone, not for text messages, just to, to time this, um, this sermon. Um, what a real privilege to, to open up our series. Um, for the next four weeks, we're going to be doing a, a series in the book of Psalms. And I've got the privilege of opening up today. And then I'll, I think, hopefully I'll be back in, in four weeks time. And, uh, and then we'll have some wonderful guys speak to us in uh, week two and three. And we're really excited, um, really anticipating, praying that God's going to be speaking to us. It's going to be a time to reflect. It's going to be a time to pause it's going to be a time to meditate and, and experience the Holy Spirit afresh over these next four weeks. So we're going to, um, as I said, look at the book of Psalms. If you're new to the book of Psalms, these are all the books of the Bible are fantastic. Um, but the book of Psalms is particularly wonderful. It's a household favorite um, for ours. Um, there are 150 Psalms. The majority of them are written by a guy called King David. And it's always worth mentioning and reminding ourselves that David was once a shepherd's boy. He was a simple shepherd's boy. And as God does and what God did, got hold of his life and he becomes King David. And, and a lot of the Psalms are a reflection of David's life, the honesty, the frankness, the challenges, the inspiration of, of seeing God in action through him and around him. It really is a, a wonderful book and we're going to be looking at, at Psalm 145 today. It's also worth mentioning that you can, um, you can actually sing these psalms. Um, so just out of curiosity, who would like me to, to sing the psalm this morning? Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, as good as these uh, worship leaders are, I thought maybe this is an opportunity really for me to, to show off my singing skills. Only uh, several months ago was my uh, wife asked by a, another young lady in the church whether I would like to join the choir. She came to my wife and said, you know, Jason's got a good voice. He, he loves to worship. Do you think he'd join the choir? And my wife being the loving, supportive, honest wife that she is, simply said no. <laughs> Only I found this out a few months ago. But... Alas, I am not going to sing it today, but we are going to look at Psalm 145. And what I'm going to do is we're going to look at the first seven verses today. And then in four weeks time, we'll look at the remainder of the psalm. So I'm, I'm going to read it. I think it might come up behind me. Um, psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and sh shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Wow, what an awesome, what an awesome psalm. Um, I guess if you're taking notes, um, uh, the, the title today is, is Let's Meditate. Let's Meditate. I wonder what your 
I guess, initial thought was when I say the word meditate. What are we, are we coming to a yoga class this morning? Maybe some people are familiar with the word meditation in that context or actually more of a, an Eastern culture thing, more to, to do with Buddhism. Well, actually, meditation is quite simply this. It's bringing to mind, bringing to our consciousness a belief or truth that hopefully is good for us. That's quite simply what meditation is. It's bringing to mind, something, bringing something into focus, into our consciousness that is formed on a belief or truth. But it's not actually something that historically, or certainly in the last hundred years, that meditation or maybe mindfulness has been particularly popular in the Western culture. We're more of a, of a doing uh, achieving society, getting busy, getting on, doing lots and lots of things. And the thought of taking time out and pondering and reflecting and bringing something to mind in the busyness of Western culture hasn't generally been something that we've done. Although I, I'm told, and, and I'm sure some of you will agree, that actually the word meditation and sort of the whole mindfulness sort of movement is becoming more and more of a thing in Western culture. I've just read uh, uh, an article this week in The Independent, not my normal reading, but um, for the purposes of of research, um, actually we're, we're spending more and more money on yoga classes, on mindfulness literary. Actually, top city firms now are actively encouraging their staff to, to go on meditation courses, to take time out to, to reflect and, and clear space in our thinking. And I found out yesterday a guy called Andy Paddicum from Bristol, of all places, developed a meditation app worth £25 million. Extraordinary. Well done, Andy Paddicum. But actually, meditation... In the Bible, meditation in the Christian context is something that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Right from the start of Genesis, in Genesis 24, verse 20, verse, chapter 24, verse 63, it says, Isaac goes into the field and does what? He meditates. At the start of this very book, Psalms, opening Psalms, it says, meditate day and night on God's word. Then in Psalm 63 and Psalm 77, 118, 119, earlier in Psalm 143, it's full of this word meditation. And then right through into the New Testament in Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, meditate on these things. And then again in Timothy, Timothy 1, uh, Timothy 4, verse 15, meditate on these things. The Bible is always continually talking about meditation. But here's the difference. Well, here's one of the difference. When we're talking essentially about Eastern meditation or, or even popular meditation, it's primarily called, people call it transcendental meditation, where essentially you're looking to, to clear your mind. You're looking to, to clear your mind from the busyness of, of life. And maybe that's why it's become more and more popular in Western culture. So you're looking to create a space from the normal busyness of life. Well, actually, Christian meditation is the complete opposite. Christian meditation is about bringing into focus God's word. It's actually filling our mind with the word of God, identifying who God is and what he says about us. Maybe this 
this helps it unpack it a little bit more. A guy called um, Dan Matsart, I'm sure very known to, to all of you. Um, I've never heard of him, but this sounds pretty good. It says, in contrast to, to modern day or Eastern meditation, it says, when Christians meditate upon the word of God, this does not involve maintaining a blank mind. Rather, it means filling the mind with the word of God in order for the Holy Spirit to effectively open our eyes, strengthen our faith, affect our heart and minds, prayerfully focus your consciousness, undivided attention upon the words that you are reading and studying. Working out, I love this, working out with the word of God's means taking time to think about the word and the promises of God. This is what it means to meditate. We give the Holy Spirit time to work with us. Isn't that amazing that we can, as we're, as we're bringing into focus God's word, we're actually allowing one called the Holy Spirit to, to work through us. We're working out with the word of God. I don't know about you, but I love physical activity. And the thought of working out with the word of God fills me with motivation to, to do it. So it's in contrast to how we, how we recognize modern day meditation to be. And there are just significant benefits to it. As we're, as we're pondering, as we're bringing into focus the word of God... The Bible talks about us renewing our minds. We get to, to change our thinking. One of the amazing things about coming to God's word and receiving God's word in our heart and our minds is that it actually starts to transform the way we think into our subconscious. And then we're bringing in truths into our consciousness. It starts to, to change our behavior and our attitudes. I could go on to so many benefits it actually transforms our walk in life, how we view other people, how we act and react to situations. So here, here's, a, here's a question, I guess, to, to open up. What are, you, what are you meditating on at the moment? What's the, what's the thing that you're reflecting on or bringing to your consciousness? I guess if we paused now as we paused in worship for a, a few moments for some of us it, it's quite hard isn't it it's the only thing like me at times I love this sort of busyness this sort of thing more that western culture that we love achieving and doing and, and I get a sort of a sense of identity from that oh actually maybe you're not like that maybe you your meditation the things that you bring into your consciousness are more negative what are you meditating on this morning we're going to have um, a time to respond at the end. And maybe it's something that the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you about. He's highlighting this is the prefix. This is what you're bringing into your consciousness. It's a wonderful time to respond and hand that over to him. So we've looked at what meditation is. And we've started to, to ask some questions on what is it we're actually meditating on. So how, how, do we, how do we practically go about it? How does, how does one, um, what, what's the sort of takeaway from this morning? What's the, 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 the practical implication? 
Well, we look at verse two. It says, every day I will bless your name forever and ever. You see, Christian meditation is not about popping along to a, a, a Thursday night class or, or necessarily on a, on a Sunday morning. It's ultimately about relationship. Meditation, meditating on the word of God is ultimately a, a daily act. It's a daily, it's a, all about relationship. It's a daily thing. It's not one day here and then in a few weeks time. It's a daily walk with the Lord. It's daily coming into God's presence and reading his word. I have to say, just as I, I was preparing for it, I'm so blessed, as sure many others are here, that this is something that is both taught, displayed, demonstrated at this church. For me, I, I really believe, as I was preparing for this, in verse 4 it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. They shall speak of your might, of your awesome deeds, and declare your greatness. This is a church that, that does this. <laughs> you guys in your 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. For, for someone in his, I was going to say 20s then, 30s. For people in our 20s and 30s to see and be part of a culture where you folks have been doing this for decades has both been both challenging but absolutely inspiring that your daily walk with the Lord, your daily devotional times, your, your daily love of the Lord Jesus, how you commend him to me and many others. I really believe for you folks in your 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s and maybe a couple of cheeky 80-year-olds who haven't told us you're 80 yet. I really believe this is a commendation that you guys are walking with the Lord Jesus for decades. And for us in our 20s and 30s, who at times think we've got it absolutely sorted and we're brash and we're arrogant and we, yeah, yeah, whatever, you, whatever you're saying. We're going to say this morning, we are absolutely inspired and challenged and love learning from you guys who do this on a daily basis. But also it's a challenge. It's also a challenge for us in our 20s and our 30s are we actually, actually going to be men and women in our 40s and 50s and 60s who are going to be spending daily time in God's word? And someone is going to be here saying that we demonstrate that in the culture, in the church that we are in. So it's both a commendation, but it's also a challenge for us in our 20s and 30s that we are going to be doing that as well. So here's the... Here's the practical thing, because maybe for some of us this morning, you're like, do you know what, mate? <laughs> In fact, I've just come here for the first time today. I've never, I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't even know much about the whole Christian faith. So the thought of pondering on God's word for five minutes, I'm not even there. But actually, for some of you, this is not something that has happened or is part of your regular routine. So here's the thing. Hands up tomorrow who's got five spare minutes. Five spare minutes. Brilliant. I think, I think everyone just about put their hands up. Out of the 23 hours, 55 minutes that we have left out of those five minutes. Here's the thing. How about spending five minutes starting this everyday occurrence, this everyday coming to God's word, just five minutes. And it's starting to be a, a discipline and, and a privilege of coming into God's presence. 
I guarantee you this. There's not many things that we can absolutely guarantee. But as we start to do that, as we start to, to come to the word of God, as we start to, to hang out with him for just five minutes, I promise you that you will get to know him more and he will start to, to change you. He will start to change you. You see, the amazing thing about David is that David was once, as I mentioned, a shepherd boy. He was once a shepherd boy. But the Bible says he was a, a man after God's own heart. He was a man that absolutely loved to hang out with God. He was a man that spent time with God daily. So he was once a shepherd boy and he hung out with God on a daily basis. And then he became a king. <laughs> he became a spectacular king and saw spectacular things. If you want God to use you in your life, <laughs> hang out with him. That's what exactly happened to David. David saw amazing things. He did amazing things because he hung out. He hung out. He meditated on the word of God. We see it in verse five, don't we? It says, on the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. David was a man who was able to meditate and bring to mind all that God did in him and through him and who God is. So we've looked at what is meditation. We've looked at, I guess, a simple definition that it's bringing to mind, bringing to consciousness a belief or truth. Well, I guess we've asked, started to ask a question. What is it you're meditating on at the moment? And then we've looked at the practical way of going about meditating and coming to God's word. And then we've started to explore some of the, the benefits of meditation. I guess the, the final question really is, what's the, what's the source of your meditation? Because here's the thing, you can, you can meditate on all sorts of things. We can bring to mind all sorts of things. And what we see here in, in verse 5, again, it says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. In all that David saw, and he saw amazing things, as I've mentioned, and did amazing things. He slayed Goliath with a sling. <laughs> he led thousands of people into victory after victory after victory. He heard and would have read about the amazing things that God did in leading Israel out of slavery into Egypt. And all the amazing things that David did and saw and is meditating on and bringing to mind. Ultimately, David is not living in a time that you and I live in this morning. You and I live in this morning in the most amazing, spectacular, majestic thing that has ever happened. That actually we live in a time and a place right here this morning that God... <laughs> God in, in human flesh came into this world by sending his son, the Lord Jesus. That he actually came from perfect relationship in a place of perfectness and actually sent his son into this world. Into the darkness, into the, into the sin. He didn't sort of send him into a, a nice little part of the world and, and got on with it. 
No, no, he actually went into the, the dark depths of life and sin. That's the amazing thing about Jesus, isn't it? He's not put off by sin. He, God hates sin, but Jesus goes towards sin. And he brought a resolution and dealt with sin once and for all. That he actually took all of our sin, all of your sin, everyone's sin, both past, present and future, and took it upon himself. He died for it at the cross. He was executed for it at the cross. We're starting to get a picture of the true splendor and glory and majesty. And when he died, it was all finished, he said. And then he rose, didn't he, three days later. The Bible talks that three days later, Jesus rose again and he appeared to many. And then Jesus said these amazing words. He said, hey, listen, he didn't say that, but um, he says, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm sending one to be with you always. <laughs> this is the start of the picture of what the true glory and splendor and the majesty of the Lord Jesus. Actually, after his death and resurrection, he went to the throne of grace, the Bible calls it. He went to this majestic place where he's now ruling and reigning. And he left us the Holy Spirit that would be with us always. One who intercedes on our behalf. One who helps us in our weakness. You see, all the things that David saw and did and are amazing, it is not the reflection of what we now live and know and what the Lord Jesus did. That is the true glorious splendor and majesty that we can meditate on. It's ultimately having, having the notion or having the, the actual factual truth in our minds of what Jesus did that allows us into relationship with God. It's meditating on that truth that changes who we are, renews our minds and transforms our thinking, goes into plans that God has for us. It's actually meditating on that truth that has the power to save and change our lives. We're going to um, going to wrap it up there. <laughs> Twenty-two minutes. I can't believe it's gone so quickly. Gosh, I've actually timed it. So there's a couple of ways that that we can respond in these next couple of songs. You might be meditating or bringing to mind all sorts of things at the moment. I don't know. But that promise that, that God made that he is sending one to be with us always, the Holy Spirit who's here amongst us now, who's interceding, he knows. God knows what your, your prefix is, what you're pondering on, what you're bringing into mind. Why don't you give that to God today as we come into worship? Maybe grab someone that you're going to be praying with. Or how about how about the challenge and provocation for us in our 20s and 30s? Maybe today is the day we're going to say, do you know what? Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to spend five minutes and I'm going to start making that a pattern for the rest of my life. That we've got people in their 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s to learn from and to be inspired. You guys keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> 
keep challenging us, keep provoking us in our 20s and 30s. But maybe that's something for you today. Actually, today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a decision today to spend this five minutes, just five minutes, and see the amazing thing that God is going to do in you and through you as a result of spending time with him. Shall we stand? I'm going to pray. and Wow, Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you that we live in a time where we can ponder, we can reflect, we can bring to, to our consciousness the true glorious splendor of your majesty. Lord, that this morning we can ponder and reflect on your wondrous works. Jesus, in all that you have done for us, all that you have achieved at the cross, Jesus. Oh Lord, this is what our prefix is. This is what we want to meditate on daily. Lord, we want to be like David, Lord. (laughs) We want to be men and women who walk with you on a daily basis. We want to be men and women who are changed by you. We want to be men and women who are taught and loved and know that we are loved because we're walking with you on a daily basis. Oh, Father, I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, as we respond now, whether someone has never even thought about pondering and reflecting who Jesus is, or whether someone has been walking with the Lord for years and has not quite got into this amazing discipline of spending time with you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us now? Thank you, Lord. Amen.